Hey everyone, it's Dimpney here and welcome to the Intelligent Property Investor Weekly Masterclass. My goodness, that's a mouthful. <laughs> what are we going to talk about today? Well, there's actually been some interesting things that have come out uh, during the week that I thought I would share with you because we all want to be more intelligent because you know what that means? As property investors, the more we know, the more intelligent decisions we can make and ultimately the better results we're going to get, which means more profit, more money in the bank ultimately. So that's why I'm doing this series. This is why I want you to, to tune in and to, to be part of the, the program every week because I'm going to be covering a lot of different information globally, in Australia, as well as some of the underlying fundamentals as well. So I've got a lot of stuff lined up for you uh, for, the, uh, for the week. Now, as we go through um, and we talk about what's happening in the market, now so I push this out through everywhere. So some of you may well be listening to this as part of a podcast. Some of you may be on my YouTube channel and some of you may be uh, on my website listening to these weekly updates. Wherever the forum is, I'm excited to have you on board. If you are listening to audio only though, you will get more out of my, my weekly updates by going to my website. And uh, it's iloverealestate.tv. And you can get on there and you can actually get in and you can start to understand what we, what we do. There's a whole lot more information there. And you can have all of my charts because a lot of what I'm doing is I'm showing you what's happening and why. And when we understand what's happening and why, then we can start to make conscious decisions about what we need to do in order to make uh, better, get better, better returns out of making better decisions. So what's on today? Well, the first thing is we're going to be having a look at the, the property market and how it broke a record that has stood for 33 years. My goodness, I wonder what that record is. We're also going to be looking at the March figures and how they show the rebound story. Now, this is a story I have been talking about for over a year. In fact, since when COVID started, even before COVID started. Now, I didn't know what the mid-cycle slowdown was going to be, but uh, COVID was what it turned out to be. But I did say we would go into a slowdown and then we would pick up substantially. We'll have a magnificent run. So I want to talk more about that. We're also going to be talking about which capital city's rental market is absolutely scorching right now and, uh, and how that affects you as investors. We're going to be talking about the tradie bonanza and we're going to be going into the effects of the global money printing operation that is going on everywhere. And there's a curious consequence of COVID and work from home that I also want to cover off with you guys. So let's get into the information. All right, first up, I want to talk about uh, the, um, I'll just move that camera a little bit so that you can actually see the side of my screen. My goodness, there we go. Oh, sorry about that. Okay, so I want to talk about the change in dwelling values. Now, you can see here, this map of Australia, all of the states, every single one has an arrow going up. So these are the March figures. This was just the end of March. And you can see there that uh, every, every capital city right around Australia has had increases in house prices. 
Now, this is units and housing. Obviously, housing is my preference because you can do more with the land content than you can with units or townhouses or anything else or apartments. But, uh, but everything went up. So this is including units. Now, I, I stress that point because if we just pulled out the housing figures as opposed to the dwelling figures they would even be higher because houses are going up even more so than apartments and units. Now, we move on to this from CoreLogic and it talks about the price index. So you can see here on, uh, you know, rolling month on month, March quarter, March, uh, as the month of March, was up 2.8% across the country. Now, that includes, you know, some of the, the, the states which were the capital cities which were a little bit lesser. But just, just visually, look at this. I'll just put it on the big screen for you. Visually, look at this. This, blue, this uh, red line here at the end is how much we increased just on a month-on-month -month basis last month. And this is what I've been predicting all the way along. This is why we're starting to see charts like this one where the national home prices are 7% above where we were when we started um, from the troughs, not from the beginning, from the trough in September. So the the September trough was probably the the you know the the worst of it as far as pricing is concerned across most of the capital cities. Now I've got five of the major capital cities here. Sorry for those who aren't on the chart, <laughs> but uh, you can see here we're already up seven percent from the bottom of of where we got to with COVID. And uh, as you can see with the charts, we're already above where we were pre-COVID. So that's really, really good news. And what it means is we're going to see a lot more stability in the market. Because if you think about it, if the market had just tracked along, tracked along, tracked along the way it was going, um, our, our pricing would actually be higher than it is right now. So, uh, you know, this recovery is predictable. And this is what I've been saying to you guys. This recovery is predictable. And the further surging in this is also predictable. There's a few other factors here at play. Now, this is the March home uh, prices, and they've gone up 2.6%. Um, and the, this is the fastest increase that we've had in a single month since 1988, would you believe? Now, that's the big record, the, the, the record that we've cracked. Since 1988, we have not had a, uh, a single month increase as big as this. Massive, right? And when we start to think about on a year-on-year -year basis, it's 6.1%, which is pretty jolly good. So why is the property market the bumper crop of 2021? Why is it, you know, the, the soybean when soybeans are good or the wheat when wheat is good? Property is your bumper crop this year. Why is that? Well, one of the big reasons, apart from a lot of the underlying fundamentals of demand and supply and all those other things, is yield. Now, this is a, some, some recent figures that have just come out. This is on the return that you get on your investment. So basically, when return on investment and the investment one particular sector of the market outperforms other sectors of the market, what we have then is the whole herd mentality kicks in. And when the herd mentality kicks in from an investor perspective, 
the that particular sector which has the highest yield, everybody jumps on. And we get this whole FOMO effect, fear of missing out. And that's really what we're seeing now. So we've got the combination of, of fear of missing out, but we've also got the combination of yield being higher in the property sector than the other sectors. So obviously, where's the highest yield now? It's property, of course. And that's what we need to focus on. So this chart is a great chart because what it shows is, is how dramatically the property prices have gone up. And you can see here the annual change in rents on houses. Um, Darwin has, has topped the list, but you've also got to put that into context because Darwin was very low for a very long time. So it's been in the doldrums for quite some time. Uh, but it's had a 17.9% increase. Perth is next. And again, put that into perspective. Perth was also in the doldrums for a very long time. So they got a lot of catching up to do. So Perth's running there at 14.6%. Then we have Canberra coming in at eight, uh, sorry, 5.8%, then Adelaide at 5.3%, Brisbane at 5.2%, Hobart at 4.1%, uh, Sydney at 3%, and Melbourne just scraping into the positive at 0.9%. Now, units tell a very similar kind of story. Units have not performed as well in Sydney and Melbourne. You can see there, they're actually in the negatives and not in the positives. And that's, that's really the story that I keep telling about why housing is a better investment than units or apartments, which is why when I talk about the worst investments you can possibly buy, um, I'm talking about, uh, well, one of the, those, those three that are the, are the hit list are apartments because you have no control. And the more control you have, the more money you're going to make. Um, of course, off the plan things are the same thing because what you're doing is you're buying somebody else's profit. There's nothing you can do. You've bought a developer's profit. It's an end of the line product. So there's nowhere for you to make any money other than to get out there and uh, wait for the market to move. So you're sitting back waiting for a market to do something that you don't have control over. And the third one is, uh, is townhouses because you're controlled by body corporate and other things. But that's another story. When we take that into the yield perspective, let's get back to yield. These are the uh, yields across, across the dwellings, as you can see there, and combined right across the, the, uh, the five major, well, all of the, the capital cities there, I've got not just the five majors and the regional areas included, uh, we're still well and truly into the positives. Now, what does that mean for us? Well, when yields are up in the, in the property sector, people have more money. They're more wealthy. They feel more wealthy. They can pull down on their, their, their value in their housing. They can pull that out. They can spend. They can put in a pool. They can buy a new car. They can get, enter into a new business. You know, they can buy another investment property. All of these things make the whole economy spin round. Now, one of the important sectors when we look at an economic boom is the business sector. And the business sector's confidence is through the roof right now, not just in Australia, but also, uh, you know, around the globe. So this, this chart here really shows the effect of an economic boom, because when you have more confidence, we'll start down here at the bottom, we've got more confidence, so confidence starts to improve. 
what the first thing that happens is asset prices rise because people want to go to the safe assets. And the biggest safe asset in Australia, because we're property mad over here, is, uh, is property. And that's why our property prices are going through the roof. That then flows on to higher spending because we're more confident, we're happy to get out there and buy that new car or that new pr investment property or whatever else. That creates higher growth, which creates more confidence, which creates more asset pricing increase, which creates more spending, which creates more... And it goes round and round and round. So that is the circle of business confidence and, and an economic boom in, in, in its totality. So that's what we're running through right now. And we are just going round and round and round the wheel. When we have a look at this chart, what this shows is the massive upsurge as a result of the dip of COVID. So this, this dip coming down here is the COVID dip. Um, and, you know, the confidence was very, very low, as you, you saw, particularly when we got into the, um, you know, into the depths of, of, uh, of COVID. But this chart is even more interesting because what it shows is the effect that APRA had on the economy back in 2017. So let's go back over here. So here we are, 2017. Um, confidence was high, high, high. What happened here in 2017 is... APRA, which is the controlling body that governs the banks, they stuck their sticky nose where it really wasn't wanted or needed because they were trying to, to cool the, the Sydney and the Melbourne property markets. So they put a kibosh on the banks. Now, it's very easy to bash the banks. You know, they're, a, they're an easy target, if you like, but they went way too far. And lending got, uh, got pulled back when we had the Royal Commission, everything else happened. So he, what you can see here is 2017 through to about here, um, is the uh, is the the beginning of COVID? Sorry, here is the beginning of COVID. We were already on this downward spiral, but that's because of the inability to be able to borrow. And you you know one of the the hallmarks of having a growing economy, which is doing well, and all those other things, is the ability to be able to borrow to invest. When you don't have that, and you think about any country that doesn't have a sound financial system, you know a lot of the underprivileged, uh, you know, uh, third world countries and things like that, they don't have a banking system that they can borrow money and invest in a new business or anything else. Consequently, they they don't have the ability to be able to grow and get ahead. We do, but we get stymied by our political system. So that's what we see down here. This is the, the, uh, the, the government basically stepping in because they control APRA, going and controlling a, uh, a banking industry, not just any one bank, but a whole banking industry and cooling the economy. Now, I am more for a free economy than I am a communist country. And I'm afraid a lot of the regulations, we are stepping further and further and further towards higher and higher regulations, which takes us further towards communism than capitalism. Now, think about that. They're very strong words. But that's exactly what's going on right now. Every time we legislate to have more control over this and more control over that, more control over something else, what you're doing is you're pushing us further and further into communism. Hmm whole one world order and all that kind of, you know, conspiracy theory, it, it kind of gets backed up by a lot of this stuff. Anyway, get off that. What we're seeing here is that's, that's government control pushing us down into, into the recession that we end up having. Now, obviously, we can blame COVID. And sure, it was COVID that, that you know, put the, the final nail in the coffin. But it started back in 2017. They realised they went too far. 
COVID hit at the same time. So they'd go, oh my goodness, you know, when you get down on bended knee, please, please, banks start lending. We'll lift all of those restrictions we put on you. You've got to get out there. You've got to start supporting. We're going to change all the rules so that you can start supporting the economy again because they realise they've gone way too far. So that's when we start to see this confidence really start to pick up. And that's the end of end of 2020 into 2021. We are screaming. We are absolutely screaming right now. This chart is another one that uh, shows the business confidence because you've got to have business confidence in order to create jobs and jobs create money for the households. Jobs gives you, uh, you know, money to spend on the groceries and all the other things that the whole economy starts to go round again. So we've got to start creating jobs. Now, this is the business confidence across, uh, you know, the, the states. And you can see there that the biggest turnaround in confidence is actually in WA. WA because of the mining industry. Co coincidentally, we're also going through a mining boom at the same time, particularly iron ore rather than coal, but iron ore. Um, and uh, New South Wales is next. Victoria's, Victoria's been hit pretty hard with the whole lockdown thing. So it's not performing the way it normally would. Victoria would normally be up there with uh, with New South Wales. And it's not because of all of the Andrews lockdowns and whatever. So um the others here, we've got South Australia, Queensland and Tasmania pretty much running along in the same vein. So pretty good, pretty good. Then we have the tradie bonanza. Oh my goodness, oh to be a tradie right now. You can pretty much charge what you want because you are so much in demand. I am, I am exceptionally happy to have my team uh, in play. I pay them on time. Uh, as soon as they give me the bill, I pay the bill, um, which means when you do that with your tradies, they look after you. And because I'm doing a lot of building and construction and a whole lot of other things, I need a lot of tradies. And I have got the best team ever because I look after my team. Now, uh, I advise all of you to do the same thing because it's the tradies that are going through this massive, massive boom time right now. And you can see here, this is the um, the lending in the construction industry. Now, this has been been um, exacerbated, if you like, by the builders' boost. Now, the builders' boost is now finished. It finished at the end of March, but all of that creation of all of this new housing and renovations and other things has created a massive surge in lending. You combine that with my previous discussion about APRA and saying, please, 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 you've got to start lending again. This is what the surge that we are seeing. It's a massive surge that we are seeing in uh, in lending. It to new construction. So that's a good thing. And that obviously is all the tradies getting involved there and everything else. And when the tradies have got money, you know, they, they're out there spending, doing things as well, which is keeping that economy ticking along and doing very, very well, which is why our economic figures are so good right now. This shows the, um, the resi building approvals. Now, we entered COVID in a massive, massive undersupply. And again, I'm going to bash APRA here, but APRA caused that. APRA caused that undersupply because when they put all those restrictions on the banks, all of the big boys pulled out of the market and we stopped lodging applications because we couldn't sell the thing that we were going to produce at the other end because nobody could get their finance. We had plenty of demand, but we had no finance. So that's what this pullback has all been about. We've just started to turn that around. We're just starting to lodge all those applications. Most of it at the moment is in the um, the low-rise resi sector, so the housing, because that's what's being fueled by what was the building boost. Um, 
uh, not the building boost, the home builder boost, beg your pardon, the home builder boost. And that's what, you know, has fueled all of this and fueled the lending in this sector. But we're starting to see the big boys come back in too with their high rise apartments and other things. So this is also um, part of that, that home builder uh, boost was also the ability to be able to claim up to $150,000 uh, on a $150,000 renovation, you could claim the builder's boost on that as well. So we see here, not as dramatic, obviously, as new housing, but you can see here that that increase that we have in um, in loans for renovations. Now, it's not a huge sector of the market, but even just showing you that that upward shift. And look at uh, look at when we've we've last had those. You know, this was when we were getting ready around the the things are hotting up before. APRA got involved in at the end of 2017, and then we had that run up through to uh, to where we started with with GFC. Now, the construction industry obviously is the one that's having the biggest boom and the mining industry, but I thought I'd focus on the construction industry this week. So what you see here is this massive turnaround in job vacancies. So we need people basically in the construction industry. So if you've ever thought of doing a trade, if you ever wanted to get reskilled into the construction industry, you're never going to get a better time than now. And I tell you, Oh my goodness! Some of those, the, some of the trades pay exceptionally well. You know, I was looking at some charts. I actually haven't got them here, but I was looking at some charts in pay rates, comparing a plumber to a lawyer. Well, guess who gets paid more? It's the plumber. It's not the lawyer. <laughs> so there's some interesting stats for you. So if you want to change industries, if you want to get outdoors and you want to start working with your hands, I'm telling you, the tradies have got it all going on like right now and there's plenty of jobs available to you guys as well. But the job market is strong right across the board. It's not just the construction industry that is showing a, uh, a resurgence. And this chart really shows this. Job vacancies increased strongly again uh, in February by 13.7%. That is massive. Now, that's after already coming up 23.3 to another record high and lifting 26.8% on a year-on-year -year basis. And that is the fastest increase we have had in the creation of jobs and job vacancies since 2010. Now, 2010, if you remember, was basically the bottom of GFC. So it started in 2008, bottomed out in 2010, and things started to improve from there. Well, that's what we're seeing right now. We're seeing that improvement. We're seeing that turnaround. Every way you look at it, property prices are going to go up. This is another one on job vacancies. You can see here job vacancies as a ratio of the labour force leapt to a record 2.1%, greater than 40% above the average since 2009, uh, historically consistent with unemployment of approximately 4%. So there you go. It's all good news right across the board. So look, let's uh, let's just stop there for a moment, and I want to uh, to recap for a moment as to where we've got to so far. So, you know, we've we've talked a lot about the the Australian economy and particularly the property industry over the the last few weeks, and I've been doing all of these masterclasses for you on a weekly basis so that you can be a more intelligent property investor and make better decisions and make better profits. That's that's the end game. Let's just make better profits because this period of time that we are in right now, I'm telling you, it has the potential to set you up for the rest of your life.
the next three to five years are going to be very, very crucial to you to make sure that you can, um, you know, that you can have you can have your house paid off. You can have your income replaced. That's the reality in the next three to five years. That's why I'm so excited to get this information out to you guys because it's not in mainstream media. It's just not there. No one's telling this kind of raw data. I mean, it flicks up on a few economics um, uh, forums and blogs and things like that. But the mainstream media aren't picking this stuff up. Seriously, if you want to replace your income, if you want to have choices, if you want to set up a legacy, if you want to have intergenerational wealth for your children, your grandchildren and whatever to come, these next three to five years are going to define your livelihood and how much wealth your family creates. Because we are not going to face this period of time like we are right now with the opportunities that are there right now for another... 15 years. Well, we'll have a brief reprieve in that time, but it'll be 15 years before we face this particular opportunity that we're seeing right now. That's how crazy it is. So what I'd like to do is take a couple of minutes, and if you're okay with that, I'm going to take a couple of minutes just to go through how I can help you accelerate that and accelerate your wealth. So what I've done is I've put aside a few of my advisors. I've got a big team behind me and they are fabulous. I've got the best team in this industry. I've got the best team in real estate and I, I want to share some of that team with you. So what I've done is I've set aside a few time appointments. Now, the, I've, I've told the advisors, I want you to do a really good job with my with the, 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 the consults. I want to give everybody a 60-minute free consult on where you're at, where you want to go, and the best things you can do to get there. So I'm going to be talking about how we can help you, what we can do to assist you in that process. Now, these interviews are free. They're absolutely free. So you don't have to pay for them. There's no hidden costs or anything like that. Um, all the details are here that you can just click on and get one of those consults. Now, I don't have a huge number of them, obviously. Uh, my, my time, my advisor's times is very, very valuable. So if you book a time, make sure you write it in your diary and make sure you turn up on that time because you're tying up that time that somebody else could have benefited from if you don't turn up. So there's only a few placements there. Jump on there, make an appointment with one of my advisors and let them go through what your goals, dreams, aspirations are and actually how to get there in the most intelligent, profitable manner. Because it is about that. It's about knowing more. It's about, it's about being able to, you know, to, to, to change things. Because whatever you know up to this point, whatever you've been doing up to this point has got you to where you are. But if you want something bigger, if you want something better, then you have to make a change. And if you just rely on your internal data, there's nothing to change with. So this is where my advisors can really help you. Help you. Now, I'm calling these. They've got a fantastic name. They, I love real estate because that's who we are. I love real estate. I love real estate breakthrough sessions and that's what I want them to be for you. A breakthrough session so that you can, um, you know, you can take advantage of these next few years. Now, 
I've got the uh, the link that you go to. If you're listening to to this, then I've got the link. It's going to be iloverealestate.tv forward slash. I think it's questions forward slash, but I'll get to that at the end as well. So keep listening and I'll give you the actual link because I've got it written on a slide for you. Let's get on with the, the masterclass. Now, the other thing that's going on on a uh, global basis is that we are printing money like it's going out of fashion right across the globe. So it's not just us. This is a, a chart you can see here of the G10 central banks. Now, all of this upsurge that you see here at the end is the COVID money printing. Now, we only... You know, we only have a very small part of that. If you consider how much we're printing here, you know, we're only part of that orangey line. I'll put it on big screen for you. Um, we are the bottom part of that orangey line because the, the bit above it is actually brownie colour and that's Canada. So consider how much we are printing compared to the rest of the world. We're doing pretty well. We really are. We are so the lucky country. This is uh, the 12-month change. So this just shows the last 12 months and how much that has increased. And again, little Australia and Canada are that orangey bit there in the middle compared to the US, the EU, um, even poor old Japan. Japan's gone, <laughs> Japan's been hit so hard. Um, but, uh, you know, we are, we are well and truly in the game, but we aren't anywhere near in the game as much as the other guys are. Now, that's actually a good thing because what it means is we don't have the debt that goes with it. And all of our money, apart from a very small proportion of it, has gone to the people. So it's money that doesn't have to be repaid. A lot of this printing money and when it circulates out into their, their economies is going out in the form of loans. Now, what that means is that their economies will struggle for much, much longer than ours because we, don't, we can recover and then not have a big debt that we have to, to pay back to the government. Now, obviously, we've got sovereign debt, but when you look at us from a debt perspective, we're a lot lower than most other uh, Western countries. In fact, we're one of the lowest. I think New Zealand's out there with us, but other than that, we're out here in the low, low end of the market and we're handling COVID the best. This chart shows you um, high money growth, uh, how high money growth uh, reflects large saving accumulation. So what we're looking at here is a lot of that money that's going out to the, uh, the general population is going into savings. So they're actually accumulating, they're stockpiling, particularly on a global basis. Now, that means that their economies are going to be slower to respond. We've gone through that and we're already out the other side. So we are now starting to spend again, which a lot of the other countries aren't. So that's why our economy is a leader from a, um, you know, a, a building perspective and, and a recovery perspective, particularly for property. So a bit of a recap, um, you know, the markets are doing very, very well. We've, we've broken one of a 33-year record, uh, you know, with, uh, with our, our property pricing, etc. The March figures, uh, they really show that rebound story. Rents are higher, which means there's going to be even more of a story to tell here because people will start jumping into the real estate market to get those higher yields. The traders are going berserk. Um, and globally, the printing money every time in history over the last hundred odd years where we have printed money, guess what happens? Share market goes up, property market goes up. And that is exactly what is going on right now, right across the globe, including Australia. 
Now, the other great thing that's happened this week with some figures coming out is we're seeing this massive global recovery in trade. Let me just tell you a personal story here. Um, I've been importing building products and other things for my own jobs for, for some time now. And um, oh, during COVID, I tell you, to try and get a ship, let alone a container that was available to put your stuff in to get it over here, was a nightmare, an absolute nightmare. Well, that's all starting to uh, to free up. Now, the reason it was caused is because during COVID, places, big big ports like Brazil and even Singapore to a large extent, but, you know, the Philippines and a lot of these places, India, India was a big one, um, where they had severe COVID implications, their ports shut down. So we had ships sitting in ports. We had, you know, stockpiles of containers. So there was no empty containers to put the stuff in to get it somewhere else. And, oh, boy, it was a nightmare, an absolute nightmare. So that's starting to work its way through the system. We seem to be out the other side because the ships are now moving around, trade's starting to happen. And world real exports, and that's what this here shows, are definitely on the rise. So over here is where we're looking at world real exports, which is the uh, the greeny colour one, and the composite indicator, which is across the board. So what we're seeing there is a massive increase. Trade is returning. And just from a trade perspective, when we start to talk about business confidence, we started with that, we talked about jobs and all of those things. Everywhere except for Latin America, because they are still really struggling with COVID, um, everywhere else, the business confidence is high. It's only in Latin America where it's less than 50%. Most people think it's going to go bad going to get worse. The rest of the, of the world is seeing a much, much brighter picture. So that's been a good thing. Now, a little sideline to the economy stuff, which will have an impact long term, particularly for office space and things like that, is the rise in work from home. So whether you're over here like this lady with screaming kids who's pinched your glasses and now you can't see your computer... <laughs> Or whether you're with this guy who's got all under control and he's working from home and he's more efficient and he doesn't have commute time. You know, there's all ends of the scale here. This is a chart that actually shows, it was a survey that was done, and it shows how many days would you like to work from home in a post-COVID environment. Now, a lot of people said five days, which was interesting. Um, four days, not so much. Three or two. So there, there's still a large percentage that still want to go into into work. And uh, uh, quite a lot said never. <laughs> now, they're the ones with little kids, I bet you, <laughs> and trying to homeschool at the same time. <laughs> so um, job postings, you know, this was on uh, ZipRecruiter, offered a f offering a four-day work week. So this is what we're starting to see now. We're starting to see this um, change in flexible working hours and flexible working weeks. And you can see here 2019, and we, we were slowly increasing since 2016. 2000, interesting, 2018, I actually did a big summit. I went right around Australia and I did this big summit on the next 10, which was the next 10 years and what innovation we're likely to see. And one of those big things I talked about was work from home. And it was interesting, from there, it started to increase. Obviously, COVID put it on steroids, but we're still up there. You know, we're still up there in 2021 um, from a, a flexibility perspective. And this is good news 
for family units. It's a good news from our pollution with with less commuting and all of those things. It's good news from the outer peripheral areas from a housing perspective because you don't have to rely on going in and out all the time. Um, it's good news for families. It's good news for balanced lifestyles. It's good news all around. And this is something that, as I said, back in 2008, I did a whole a whole one-day uh, seminar just on these new innovations and that was a big part of it. So uh, the potential for remote work is higher in advanced economies, and you know places like um, places like India not so good. You know it's it's more hands on. They need to be in the team, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. China not so good. Um, the ones that really kind of shine are places like Germany and England, where technology is better, um, infrastructure is better, all of those other things. So we're going to see it as a leader in the um, advanced world and uh, the rest of will will probably follow suit in time but it's not going to be quick. Change in uh, visitors to workplace, this is just another one that shows the same thing basically you know we're starting to see um, you know that turnaround and more working from home. So just to finish off I want to talk about a truth bomb so I've always got a truth bomb for you every week well this is the next one I want to talk about why have I got a skier hitting a tree well when I learned to ski I learned to ski as an adult so I'm not very good um, but you know you get your skis on your ski instructors there and whatever and he says look at where you want to go so you're going down the hill and you're looking over here and you're looking over there and then you see those trees and you go, don't hit the tree, don't hit the tree and you're looking at the tree, look at the tree. What happens? You hit the tree. <laughs> you get what you focus on. That's it. You get what you focus on. That's my big uh, truth bomb for the week. I want you to start thinking about what you want, not what you don't want. Because the more you focus on the tree, the more you're going to hit it. Focus on the money pot, focus on the success, focus on the income replacement, focus on the having no debt on your home. That's what you need to be focusing on and that's what you're then going to hit. So that's my truth bomb for the week. I hope you enjoyed all of my um, my uh, rhetoric here and, and all about the... Um, you know, what's happening on the, the global stage and all of those things, make sure that you take up my, uh, my advice there with the, um, uh, well, not, not, don't hit the tree, <laughs> focus on what you want, but most importantly, my advisors. They are there for you. Uh, I'm doing this specifically to help you through this crucial period of time. Take up the opportunity to get one of those free one-hour appointments with one of my advisors. Now, all the contact details are here. Um, iloverealestate.tv. If you're listening to this on podcast, jump onto my website. That's the best thing to do. iloverealestate.tv. And it's forward slash questions forward slash. Uh, but make sure that you jump on there. And if you want to subscribe to these weekly masterclasses, you can see how much content I cover. Um, they're, they're very valuable for you to have on a weekly basis. So please make sure you subscribe. Jump onto my website, get the subscription so you never miss a masterclass because there might be something really crucial that, uh, that can make you your next million bucks or your first million bucks if that's, uh, if that's where you're at. Either way, we're here to help and support you guys. Get one of those free three uh, appointments and I will see you next week. I hope you had fun with that. I did. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll have some more truth bombs and some more hardcore, uh, hardcore data next week. Bye now.